It is Monday morning. We always finish out the show with the same way. The Courier Mail's chief sports writer, Robert Crash Craddock, joins us. I wonder how he's going after watching the cricket yesterday yeah. from Delhi. Crasher, good morning. Good morning, boys. Yeah, look, it was stunning, wasn't it? And uh, that, that's as bad as I've seen for many years from an Australian team, I've got to say. You know, you, you accept there's going to be collapses. But the thing that made it really poor for me was they started the day one wicket down, and if they'd have just batted to lunch, you've got nine wickets in the shed, they would have set them 150, 160, and you know what? That might have won on the test match. Nine wickets to bat to lunch, and you couldn't even do that. I thought it was terrible. Yeah, absolutely, Crash. And we've all been trying to scratch our heads and work out what uh, what went wrong. But firstly, you always start with underrated and overrated. What... Uh what have you got for us today? Well, I, I just think Ravi Ashwin, the, the, the sagely old uh, Indian, I'm going to call him an all-rounder, was just beautiful in that game. You know, three wickets in each innings, but even his batting, he showed Australia how to bat. He, he, he didn't play the sweep shot. He scored a really crucial 30 to put on a century stand in the second innings, and he nursed Axa Patel through it. Every time Patel played defensively, he got a little clap from Ravi. He knew how to play on that wicket. He, he's just a... He just finds a way, Ashwin. He, unlike Australia, who said, we'll just sweep, sweep, sweep. He looks at the conditions and thinks, right, I've got to play straight. I've got to keep my head over the ball. I'm going to be patient. And then as an off-spinner, he was mesmerical, wasn't he, with his beautiful little fingers darting hither and thither. He, he was one. Mohammed Shemi, the old fast bowler, who's been playing Test cricket for 10 years now, very underrated for that entire 10 years, took four first-innings wickets, completely out-bowled Pat Cummins. He opened the match for India when they'd lost the toss, and uh, he so underrated. And the third one is, and if we could put a drum roll and trumpets I've into got a, the... I've got a drum roll for you. Do it. Okay. <laughs> Okay, it's Baz Ball, <laughs> yet again. I, I, I just, I, I watched uh, England beat New Zealand in New Zealand over the weekend. Their 10th win from 11 tests under Brendan McCullum and Ben Stokes, after they'd won just two out of their previous 17, I, 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 I swear it is gobsmacking. I mean, he, he's, and this is just one statistic from that game. Neil Wagner, the, the New Zealand fast bowler, is a really likely lad. Left arm up, d digs him into the body. Quite hard to score off. He bowled 13 overs, which conceded, would you say, 40 runs, 50 runs? No, 110 runs. <laughs> they slaughtered him. This is the way they're playing. I cannot wait for this season's Ashes series. It's just going to be magnificent the way England are playing. And, and I'll just leave you with this as we finish on baseball and the resurrection of English cricket. When Ben Stokes took over as captain, there was only other one other player certain as selection, Stuart, uh, which was uh, Joe Root, the batsman and the former captain. No one else was certain. And out of that, they've conjured 10 stunning wins. Magnificent. I love them. Okay, so that's your underrated. What about your overrated? Anthony Milford. I just oh, strike a light. I mean, I watched the <laughs> Dolphins yesterday and I just think, you know, M M Milford was great in 2015, wasn't he, when the Broncos made the grand final against the Cowboys. He probably should have won in the grand final. He, he should have probably, if they had him, he would have been the man of the match. 
And what's he done since then? I mean, he landed a million-dollar contract per year and the Dolphins have signed him. And I, I just... I, I, I'm worried about this, just this signing and the, the fact that, you know, that, that I wonder where, where he's going to go with the Dolphins because they need him. They, they don't need him to be the Anthony Milford of old, but they need good, solid service. And I'm asking you, is he up for that? I don't think so. Yeah, worrying signs early on there for uh, for Redcliffe. But back to the cricket. Looking at yesterday, what what went wrong? Do you think it was concentration or was it the sweep shot? Was it tactics? Uh, so hard to diagnose, Crash. Uh, yeah, a bit of everything. A, Ravi Jadeja, who we talk about every week, <laughs> just the genius, you know, the guy with the best batting average in both teams since 2017 and the best bowling average. Oh. If you combine India and Australia, he, he leads both in batting and bowling. But... but Jadeja and Ashwin are masters of their craft, just about as good as there's ever been. So let's just say that. The wicket was turning. Let's concede that. But Australia lost six players to the sweep shot and they overreacted from Nagpur from last week when they were shot in their holes and all those players fell playing defensively last week. So they said, no, no, we've got to be more aggressive. But you know what? The guy, I, I said earlier on, the guy who had the best tempo was Ashwin. When he was batting with Patel, those two got the tempo just right for the wicket. If there was a dangerous ball, they offered a straight bat, the head was right over the ball, and they said, no, 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 I'm just keeping this one out. When it was loose, Patel said, right, look out, I'm, on, I'm after you here. I thought he batted beautifully, Patel. So they just lost their heads. And, uh, I mean, Steve Smith is not a regular sweeper. He missed that ball terribly yesterday. Pat Cummins, a first ball slog. It was just horrible. Matt Renshaw just looks as if his head's not there. Like he just, you know, he swept five out of eight, his, his only eight balls he faced. I mean, what was he thinking? Uh, so I, I just think it was, it was really poor, wasn't it? Matt Renshaw crash. It hasn't been a great tour for him. Uh, yeah, Peter Hanscom is in a similar situation to Matt coming into that middle order there. But Hanscom has shown something, whereas Matt has been, well, as you just said, all at sea. What does that mean now if Cameron Green comes or becomes available? Does he slot into the middle order? Does Travis Head stay open in the batting with David Warner, likely to miss test matches three and four? What's going to be the makeup, And what happens with Renshaw going forward? Yeah, look, it's a really good question, Paul, because Travis Head displayed great vigour in his innings of 40. Now, he was out for first over yesterday but he did show something the day before he's worthwhile persisting at the top of the order and given that david warner's got a hairline fracture of the elbow and was recently concussed uh they're going to have a look at warner this week and they've got a two-week break before the next test but uh here's the thing with renshaw is they want to take him to england and i think there is a possibility given that indian conditions are so so foreign to what he's used to over here he plays well in England. You know, he was born there, he was raised there. He's a boyhood friend of Joe Root, the England, you know, former captain up Yorkshire Way before the family moved to Australia. So, look, I'd say that's still on the agenda, but cheapest, it's just... It, 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 it is hard because he's looked as out as form as anyone. Now, I know it's not easy coming into the game as a concussion sub, you know, but you think of the fist that Marnus Labouchain made of it when during the last Ashes tour when jo Joffre Archer was running rampant and he came in and, and after Steve Smith was hit. So 
you, sometimes you've just got to make the most of your opportunities, as Travis Head did in a way this test. You know, he, he you know, he, he did quite well. So they've got to have a real big think about Matt Renshaw because they want him going forward. He will be given more chances. That's 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 a fate to complete. But gee, hasn't he looked? He really has looked poor. Yeah, he certainly has, and averaging only 30 now in Tesla C after about 13 games. So, um, but you mentioned David Warner there, and we were talking about him earlier in the show. He's got the had the concussion protocol and a hairline fracture of the elbow. We know he's doing it tough on this tour. It gets no easier over in England for the Ashes. Have we seen the last of him in this arena? Yeah. Oh, look, it's right on a on a razor's edge, Will. It really is because here's the thing. When I just finished writing about Warner on Saturday and I switched over and watched Stuart Broad clean bowl the first four New Zealand batsmen with balls in a day-night test that hoops between bat and pad. I mean, that's precisely the way he's looking to get David Warner and the way he tortured him on the last Ashes tour. So he, he these two English bowlers, Broad and and a, and a 41-year-old Jimmy Anderson who took five second innings wickets, I, I look, my hand's in the air. I didn't think they would get to this Ashes tour in a few months' time, but guess what? They have. And they're in form and they're dangerous and they've got the Excellent Ollie Robinson in that team as well. Really good seam bowler. And waiting in the wings is the volcanic Jofra Archer. And, and, and uh, you know, I mean, he he's just... They, they If he's fit, they'll probably play him in alternate tests. So it's just... It's a really good point. How do you expose David Warner to that? And, and after, after Mohamed Siraj roughed him up with short pitch bowling on a flat Indian wicket. So, gee, it's a big call to take him to England. It really is. But here's one last one, and I'll ask you both. Who do you replace him with? Who's your reserve opener if Kawaja goes? Is it Renshaw, is it? You're not telling me Marcus Harris, surely. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no. If you had have asked me two weeks ago, I would have said Matt Renshaw totally. It, yeah. it, it comes back to the Sheffield Shield, I guess, like the old days. So is Bancroft making enough runs to be justified? Uh, you know, Ashley Ch Chandra Singer, does Pekulski come back? I don't know. It, it's a totally open door crash. No, it is. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, Price Street just sort of, you know, there's no one really taking that role. I mean, this is an Ashes series against a truly world-class attack in, in England. You need quality there. Yeah. And that's why it's so easy for me to stand here now and say, oh, everything says that Warner shouldn't be here. But he's still Warner. He still played 100 tests. He's still up for the fight. He is not what he was. And all the aggression which once flowed from David Warner to the bowlers is now flowing in the opposite direction. I mean, they they want they wanted to rough him up the other day, and they did, and they bounced him, and they hit him in the head and the elbow. Well, you don't reckon Joffre Archer wasn't watching that in England, you know? So that's what you got. So it's a really delicate operation. The, the only thing that makes me think that Renshaw could still be the man is a, as I said, he likes English conditions, is born there, and he, and his best mate is Usman Khawaja. And that, that's very close to the last innings, uh, last series Usman will play. And I think the thought of opening with them at the top of the order is something that they're good mates and they, they get on so well, so, so well. Kawaja is Renshaw's mentor. That's got some appeal, but phew, it's a hard decision. Crash, I always think our listeners, when they send stuff through, especially given Monday morning, represents what the majority of Australian sports fans are thinking. 
and the questions they're asking and they want you to answer them is is Pat Cummins safe as the captain and is Andrew McDonald's job as the coach of the Australian cricket team safe at the moment? Uh, yeah, the answer to both. Okay, uh, just to put them in, in, in context, Australia's probably going to contest the World Championship final in England before the Ashes and may well win it. So, you know, and, and, and McDonald has been good. This is a poor tour for him, I've got to say it. I'll tell you one line that, that annoys me a bit, and I, I see Justin Langer's name trending on Twitter, bring back Langer. Langer coached Australia in two series against India in Australia and lost them both. He lost the unlosable series after India were bowled out for 36 in Adelaide and had a couple of injuries. They were no chance of winning that series, but did. You know, so he lost in Australia. So don't think Justin Langer would have improved at all here. But I have to say this, this is the first real setback for McDonald because he, he spoke of how Australia would have a new strategy in Delhi, and they did. They overcorrected, as Pat Cummins said. They went too hard at the ball. You know, the forward defence is still the most important shot in cricket, and they didn't have it. So, yeah, that's a soft spot. Now, to Cummins. This is interesting because this is, this is the captaincy that, that a lot of people feared, uh, the challenges that would engulf him when you put a fast bowler captain you just get exhausted so quickly in India. His bowling hasn't been great in the last two tests, Pat Cummins, and that airy swipe he played yesterday showed that he was just, I think, losing it a bit. That happens in India. It happens to journalists, spectators, players, the heat, the humidity, the smog. It gets to you, and it looks to me as if it's got to him, particularly Paul as a sole fast bowler. But um, <clears throat> there's no immediate threat to his captaincy per se at the moment, but I question how long he'll do it for. I don't think he'll be a five-year appointment. Mm. Yeah, and, and looking at this, the, the rest of this series, we've still got two tests to get through. Do, do we change our, our side? Do we make dramatic changes, Crash, or is it just try and uh, correct the course a bit? Well, there's limited options, isn't there? I mean, apparently Stark and Green were close, really close of making this team and just didn't quite get there. So they will look at them potentially for the next test. But the thing I like about Mitchell Stark, he's a great subcontinental bowler. When, when, when Mohammed Shami was swinging the ball and troubling the Australians, that could have easily been Mitchell Stark. And he creates footmarks for Nathan Lyon. They're a great one-two punch. If he's fit, I'd imagine he, he could replace Matt Kuhneman, who was serviceable, but, I mean, the poor kid was... He'd only landed in India three days before and he's playing a test. Got out Virat Kohli, nice highlight, and was, you know, went, went OK. But I think Stark might be the better option there. And um, Cameron Green, if he's fit, will go into that middle order and replace, uh, I guess... Well, who, who would he replace? Matt Renshaw. Um, and maybe yeah, they'll yeah. keep Trevor, Travis Head to open the batting. Yeah, yeah, they, well, I suppose it would be Renshaw, but that's if. But what if Warner's fit? Um, if, if 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 just say Warner play. No, let's let's say Warner doesn't play. It's obvious, isn't it? it he replaces Renshaw, doesn't it? Yeah. Now, Crasher, we should talk some more rugby league. You made mention of the Dolphins. Are you you're hoping that yesterday's performance against the Titans isn't a a sign of things to come for this season ahead? 
No, they were poor, weren't they? The, the Titans look good, though. I've got to say, with Kieran Foran running the show, good signing for Manly. Just what they lacked last year. And um, do, do you know one of the reasons... When they signed... When the Titans signed Kieran Foran, they were sort of thinking, oh, I know he's a veteran. I hope, I hope this goes OK. Then something happened that made them feel really good about it. Manly were really upset to lose Foran because they thought just he had a couple more years left. Like, it wasn't one of these signings for say, oh, I'm glad you'll take him now, he's nearly done. They said, oh, really? You're going, oh, we would love to have kept you. And he's been up at training. I saw a whole sequence of shots of him really driving the show at training. So they, they could be a sneaky achievers this year, the Titans. But, yeah, the Dolphins defensively were poor, and I think, for, particularly for a Wayne Bennett coach team, as Jesse Bromwich, the captain, said at the start of both halves, they just weren't concentrating. He said, they, we look like a team having our first outing together. They will take time. Don't we expect a lot of them, really? I mean, they were thrown together at a season's notice. They've had the shortest runway ever. But, yeah, for all that, and I love the way, Paul, they don't make excuses. Uh, Bennett, Terry Reader, and all these guys, they just don't make... They just said, no, it is what it is. We will get on with it. We will build. I like that. And today, they're having the launch of their documentary on their first year, which was put together by Onion Television. Um, and uh, they're showing that today at about 2 o'clock at a special screening. So yesterday wasn't a great entree for that, but I'm sure there'll be some interesting stuff in that. Yeah, give us a real insight into that uh, that environment. And... Well, staying in Brisbane, the Broncos, you know, knocking off the uh, the Cowboys just, but they look quite good. They do. And, uh, you know, the first choice Broncos team this year is, what about that you know, back line, you know, uh, Staggs, Farnworth, uh, you know, Cobbo on the wing, Walsh fullback. They should be something to watch this year. I mean, if they can just stay on the park and with Pat Carrigan back, they, they, they've just got to zoom up the ladder, haven't they? You, you, you know, it's, uh, they're going to give their supporters a, a, a lot, of, lot of fun this year. I think they... And I, and I like the way that Kevin Walters... He's had a pretty very tumultuous off-season, hasn't he, with the Payne Haas affair, uh, with his Payne Haas's mum going to jail, uh, the Selwyn Cobbo affair. But Walters has buckled down and just sort of... just. He, he rides out these storms now. He's used to them, and yeah, they're looking okay. And crash, we found out on Friday morning that we are going ahead with the redevelopment of the Gabba. What's it going to look like? What can fans going to the cricket or to watch the Lions at the Gabba in the future expect? Well, I, I, I tell you what, it will have it, it, a, a lovely entrance to it, which the Gabba's never had. There's always a feeling, which is the it, you go to Adelaide and it's this grandiose walk into the ground. That's that's the first thing, Paul. And you'll say, oh, that doesn't matter. People say, oh, an entrance doesn't matter. Well, it does. It's an Olympic stadium. I <laughs> I looked at comments on that story. And, the, and I knew exactly what they would be, Paul. And it was a long list from saying, you're spending $2 billion on a stadium, $2.7 billion, to, to give it an extra 7,000 or 10,000 seats. And, and, and I get that. It is a big spend. But the Gabba had been falling behind. It was the worst cricket ground in Australia, the most mainland. It was in danger of losing more tests. This will ensure that going forward it will be... That, you know, absolutely schmick. Uh, it's a big spend, and particularly when the federal government won't pay a cent of it. Gee, there's a lot of Queensland money going into it. 
So it will be special, and for that sort of price tag, it deserves to be. So you probably picked up from my tone, I'm so glad it's being redeveloped, but when someone says, oh, so, you know, we could be spending this money on hospitals or other things, it's a, it's a fair argument. Sport is very, very lucky. It's not just an extra 10,000 seats crash, but it's 50,000 new ones. There'll be underground parking on access available. At the moment, they can't have drop-in pitches there at the Gabba because they can't get them in or out. Yeah, and, and that's right. And, and I hope... Look, I, I, one of these old traditionalists, I hope the Gabba pitch stays at what it is and, and fights the trend for drop-in pitches. But, yeah, parking's always been horrible there, hasn't it? I mean, I've had my car stolen twice over oh, the years from Lost it a few times as well. <laughs> yeah, I've lost it a couple of times. You're you dead right. <laughs> but, but it is... Um, I, I, only the last Ashes series, I was had a group of English journalists in my car and I was sneaking up the side streets looking for a park and they were laughing their heads off. They're saying, so how long have you been coming to this ground? I said, oh, 35 years. And they said, well, where, where do you park regularly? I said, wherever I can get one. And they were laughing. They were saying, you look as if you've never been here before. And I said, well, that's what it's like. It's a, it's a crap parking ground and it's an over... It, Andrew Cordes will tell you, the Gabba is an overrated ground. It just is. We love having you on the show, Crasher. We'll talk to you next week, mate. See you then. Thank you.